welcome to Friends at Film Camp, the podcast where two friends gab by the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Jinian. And I'm Luke. And today we're talking about, what are we talking about? Gunpowder Milkshake. Gunpowder Milkshake. milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> really good name. I love the name of this movie. It's such a creative, fun name, and it really does fit the film. It does, yeah. All right. So, Gunpowder Milkshake is a 2021 action filler directed by uh, Nato or Navot uh, Pashmota. Mm-hmm. I definitely said that name wrong. Yeah. They are an Israeli filmmaker, and this is not their first film, but this is their first action film. Mm-hmm. Like, they've only made a few kind of super small Israeli horror films. Seemingly. Interesting. Based solely on their Wikipedia article. But it's still very interesting that mm-hmm. this is, it doesn't feel like that while watching. Yeah. The film follows uh, the life of a young assassin who must teamed up with her strained mother and some other assassins to help save a young girl from other assassins. Lots of assassins in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think? Um... It was fun. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to for a few very specific reasons. Um, I do love, and I kind of see this as like a, um, I don't know if this is the reality of the situation, but from my perspective, kind of since John Wick came out, we've had a bunch of these spy movies that are almost kind of like in the same universe. That's like a slightly like, fantastical slightly cartoony like spy universe that has these like spy hotels and spy hospitals and spy bookstores um and it's just kind of like you know it's like a little bit fantastical it doesn't take itself super seriously kind of like uh I don't know like Casino Royale or something um and I've really been like enjoying this like brand of movie that's been coming out yes i've uh, never actually seen any john wick films but mm. i also know enough about the john wick style to say that this is john wick styled film yeah um and i really like the it is it has a lot of style like it's very stylized like all of the um spy places kind of have a 60s aesthetic uh or like a 60s like neon aesthetic and um everyone was using flip phones which was interesting uh so I think they're doing a lot of interesting stuff but my major major problem with the film and I it's it's such an unfortunate problem for me to have was the main actress I just really I and the thing is I like Karen Gillen Gillen Karen Gillen I don't know how you say her name I, I like Gillen. her normally I just did I just did not like her in this role I could not buy it I I'm shocked that that's your critique I would have sworn you would have said the story No the story was fine to me until the end but I'll talk to you about that when I get there but like I love Lena Headey I adore Lena Headey and I was not a Game of Thrones fan so that took up so much of her time for so long it's I just love seeing her in other things so I can like actually experience her I love her I really like the bookstore people I was so excited uh crap what is her name Gina Carr Carlo Gina Carla like, Gino or... but I love her I love her in everything that she's in and I from the moment we saw the back of her head I'm like is that her and it was her so I was like very hyped for that hmm. uh I I'm so shocked I liked Karen Gillan in this movie a lot uh I I saw the story of this film the same way you would see it as a milkshake it's not going to give you a whole lot of substance, but while you're drinking it, it sure is a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Instead of Karen Gillan, you know what I kept thinking of? What? Carrie Mulligan. Who? Carrie Mulligan. Uh, no. No! I think she did amazing! No. What do you mean, no? No. Why Carrie do you Mulligan like her? would not be right for this movie. Yes, she would. No. 
She really wouldn't. I highly disagree. I I know you do, but I can't figure out why yet. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, no. Yes! No. Yes. No. Yes, she would have been so much better. No. Okay, so the movie opens with uh, the <laughs> girl. She's in a diner, which is like a spy diner, and you can't bring guns in and stuff. Which they break multiple times, and I kind of wish there was consequences to that. Like, in John Wick, the spy hotel, you, like, couldn't, you couldn't kill anyone in there. And it was, like, a big deal. Like, if you broke that, like, I don't know, you're banned forever or something. There was, like, no consequences in this one for bringing guns where you're not allowed to have guns. Um, I, yeah, I can see what there would be like if they, like, showed what happens if you were caught bringing guns in. But, I don't know. I think need that because I was just like okay this is a no guns place I yeah. understand the context um but yeah so it opens with um Karen Gillan's character when she's younger what's her character's name Sam Sam um she's like a teenager and she's waiting there for her mom and she's like been waiting for three hours so we get like kind of some of their complicated relationship that like her mom isn't very reliable it's like clear she's in like an assassin or something like that she comes up and she has like blood on her um and it's i don't know because okay this is a really good place to start i think but i also kind of especially as we go further into the film and we get more of an understanding of everyone's relationships I do wish we had, like, one more scene of, like, backstory, especially with, like, the library ladies who we later come to learn were, like, Sam's aunt figures, basically. Um, but I, I don't know where in the movie they would have put that, so I'm, like, fine with not having it. I just kind of, like, wish we could have had a tiny bit more backstory. I I think I chalked that up to this thing I said before, where the film does not give you much substance. Yeah. Like, you're just told motivations, essentially, and you just kind of have to roll with it because the movie will move on Yeah, if you true. don't. So I was fine with it because at least the film was consistently, like, telling you we're not able to give you motivation because that mm -hmm. will take too much time away from the action scenes. Yeah, but they did do, like, a good job in this one scene mm -hmm. of showing us their complicated relationship. And it's like... It's very clear that Lena Headey loves her daughter a lot, but it's also clear that she kind of, she has other shit that she's prioritizing yes. over her in a way. Um, so she's basically like telling her like, I, you know, pissed off some bad people. I've got to go away for a while. Um, and that is when the bad people kind of show up and we have kind of our first action scene which mm -hmm. i enjoyed the action in this movie i thought it was pretty well done and i what i really appreciated was how much ammo was like considered like they are constantly running out of ammo and having to improvise with like other weapons and stuff and i it's it's kind of like people will normally run out of ammo in some action movies but it's normally like almost like a plot device uh but in this one it was like a very consistent like problem that they had to keep in mind which i thought was i enjoyed that i i never thought about that but you're right that it was the action scenes having them use realistic ammo to uh always heighten the tension it really did yeah it was like yeah it like really really did like every single time i think they would run out of ammo at some point and it was like just mm -hmm. a constant struggle which is you know how it would be so i appreciated that Okay, so after uh, her mom kind of, like, kills the guys who are coming after her, and there's a really cute little thing where she tells uh, Sam to, like, close her eyes so she doesn't, like, see all the murder as it happens, which I thought was, like, sweet, and, like, a really good way to show the complications of being, like, an assassin who's a mom. Like, she's trying her best, but also she's still killing a bunch of people around her daughter, and she's gonna see all the dead bodies, which we kind of see repeated with the little girl later. Yes. And it's, like, it, you know, it's obviously would not practically be good for a kid to be in that situation at all, but it is, like, 
a cute way of showing this like very unique situation. So her mom like leaves and uh, Sam's like running after her and Paul Giamatti's like stops her. Uh, and it's like a sad moment. Yes, very sad. So then we cut to 15 years later. Yeah. Uh, Sam's an adult working as an assassin for Nathan. Then Nathan, who's Paul Giamatti, mm-hmm. uh, gives her a new job uh, after she kind of killed too many people at her last job. Which I also like, really liked because we see these huge massacres all the time in like spy movies. And like, Basically, we aren't even told why the massacre happened other than just, like, bad intel. Basically, just wrong people, wrong place. And she kills all these people. And one of those people was very important to, like, somebody dangerous. And now she's in trouble. And I just, I really liked that there was, like, a, like, that's bound to happen, you know? And I I like that there is, like, a consequence for something that wasn't even really in her control, you know? Yes. Uh, so he gives, Nathan gives uh, Sam, Nathan gives Sam a new job to kill a man who stole money from the firm, which is just like this evil organization of a bunch of men who are evil. That's kind of all they are. Uh, yeah. Well, we don't even know if they're evil. They're just like in control of things. Yeah, they're like a, a mafia. Is that what are they, they describe them? No, I don't know. She just said they're in control of i don't know something they're just uh, powerful i don't we're not really given if they're good or bad i'm just gonna say they're a mafia like thing okay so that makes the most sense to me anyway sam goes to sam yeah is given the new job to kill the man who stole the money and mm-hmm. so she needs new weapons to because she shot all her weapons for the last job uh-huh. so she goes to this place called the library yeah where she meets uh Annie Mae, Madeline, and Florence, uh, three former accomplices of uh, uh, her mom. Yes, three former accomplices of her mother. And her aunts. They're basically her aunts, yeah. Unofficial Um, aunts. I thought that was uh, really cute. I loved the set of this library. So cool. Completely impractical. Like, it makes no sense. (laughs) But it's like that's part of sort of the fantastical element like it's just it's just cool to hide stuff in books yes it's makes, a weirdly over elaborate place to hide all your stuff yeah makes like no, you take so much space and also people no could sense. just walk in yeah but it's really cool and they have these like really cute murals on the wall and then i wasn't sure how i felt about the three of them in our first scene with them where we're, we're kind of like bickering over weapons and if um sam should be like allowed in because you need like a reference and then they figure out who she is and blah blah, blah. uh but uh because i thought that was going to be our only scene with them for some reason i don't know why i thought it was just going to be the like getting weapons scene and then like that's it you know mm-hmm. um but then we see them more and more and they develop their characters so i ended up really liking them Also, I noticed, I don't know if you'll agree, but it seemed to me as though, okay, to me it seemed as though Carla um, Gugino and uh, Michelle Yon, or Yo, uh, so Florence and Madeline, it seemed like they were hinting at them being, like, in a relationship. Mm, I didn't get that. Well, later on, when they go to fight, uh, Florence... There's this kind of, like, very intimate, she, like, whispers to Madeline, and we never see what she says, but it's, like, a very intimate moment. And then when Madeline, spoiler, dies, uh, Florence is, like, obviously being, like, Anna is, like, supporting Florence through that. Like, it's obviously a more impactful thing for Florence you know what I mean if you have it in your head you'll see it all right anyway I believe you I just did see it while I was watching um so it, whether that was a thing or not I did like it. <laughs> um 
yeah, so she goes and meets her aunts, and uh, they had, like, a cute dynamic. <sighs> then much does she do? Okay, so she goes to this, like, random hotel room, and this is Sam. She goes to this random hotel room, and there's this guy there, and... He's, I like, really... the most not-threatening person ever. Yeah, I also really liked this. It was very impactful emotionally, because she's there. She has, like, a gun pointing at him, and this the phone is ringing and she's like don't pick up the phone like obviously like you know i'm gonna kill you and he's like i need to pick up the phone like i and she's like trying to get him not to and he's like like listen it's not an option to not pick up the phone and it turns out she does shoot him she shoots him in the gut and it turns out that uh his daughter has is being held hostage and i just thought that that was really it was like really simple and really impactful that he literally was willing to die to pick up the phone to try to save his kid you know yes um so he begs sam to save her basically he picks up the phone so she can hear that he's being uh like his kid is being held hostage and that's why he's doing all this um and uh she hears and decides that she's going to try to save the kid and she also tries to save him by taking him to the spy hospital yes which the spy hospital was like the do- the spy hospital doctor was super sketchy and i a hundred percent don't think he tried that hard to save the guy no i don't think he tries that hard i think he just is the only one willing to work at a spy hospital yeah which is fair but like i do think the guy could have been saved which is really sad but it is really hard to save someone shot in the stomach just because stomachs are complicated is it oh i guess movies have given me a bad impression of because i thought like being shot in the stomach was like not that big of a deal <laughs> like no like, yeah, like if you're shot in the stomach, you'll be fine the problem is it's like you don't bleed out i don't think right as quickly i mean i'm not a doctor so we should get hannah or on the call for this <laughs> Uh, the problem is, like, sewing you back up. Mm, I guess that makes like, sense. like, you have to sew up so much stuff. Yeah. That it's just hard to do. But, like, yeah. I feel like if a really good doctor had helped him, but this guy was not a really good doctor. Yeah. Anyway, so Sam gets the stolen money, and she feels guilty because she killed the dad. Yeah. And the kid. So she's going to go try and get the kid back but she needs the money to get in and so she goes to the meetup place and uh nathan is like don't do it or you'll be in trouble yeah so basically by doing this she's like going against the the council or the 12 or whatever ominous name they gave the bad guys who are her bosses um and he's like basically she will be you know a rogue spy we've seen this before so (laughs) her bosses are like gonna be mad at her and she's like fucking whatever it's a kid i'm gonna save the kid like do what you will with that you know yeah so yeah she goes to the meetup with the cash which is in a bowling alley she goes she's supposed to meet at a bowling alley they're watching on security camera and they're like, who are you? This is not the dad. And then she's like, dad's busy. I'm here. Again, very thoughtful. I don't know. I don't know like what the budget was on this movie. But very, the aesthetics of the film are very well thought out. Like, the locations are very, like, thoughtfully chosen for, like, certain um, events and, like, set pieces. And I really appreciate that. And I'm, like, I'm looking at the uh, film posters right now, and I also really like those. Uh, Luke knows I'm, like, picky about film posters. Um, yes, so you were very picky about film posters. I really floating appreciate heads. that, like, they, I really appreciate the effort and the, like, commitment of the film. Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, a side note. So they're they're in an alleyway. <laughs> Yes, they're in the alleyway. Well, actually, no. She goes to the bowling alley, and they're like, hey, you have to take off your clothes and put the ones on in the bag, because, mm-hmm. like, we don't want you to sneak stuff in. Which is not a very effective way to do that, but 
it's a good way to get her into the bowling jacket that she wears for the rest of the film. Yeah. Well, they also weren't as- expecting an assassin. They were expecting some random dude, you know? So, uh, they got her. I also appreciate other uh, movies. Other movies would have taken this as an opportunity to kind of sensually undress Karen Gillian. And uh, it was like not even really a big deal that she had to undress. Like, we didn't even see it. She's just dressed now. We just see her change clothes. The only thing we notice is that she liked the bowling jacket and then she put on the bowling jacket. Yeah. Uh, there was one thing I didn't understand in this scene, which is why she, uh, <laughs> why she actually brought the money. Like, why didn't she just bring the suitcase and be like, there's money in here? That's true. That would have been smarter. Um, the the characters in this movie, and I'll, this comes up later too, like, really nobody's being clever. <laughs> More everyone is being panicked, if that makes sense. Like, everyone is thinking, everyone is making decisions and thinking on their feet and very quickly. So, like, if you're looking for sort of clever solutions to problems, it's not really that type of movie. It's more just like, I don't know, uh, go forward and figure it out later. So, oh my yeah. gosh, we missed my favorite action scene. Or one we of my did? favorite action scenes. Which one? I love the bowling alley fight. Oh no, we didn't miss it. That's coming up right now. No, that happened before she met. When she gets to the bowling alley... uh yeah, it's after she changed, though. She's about to... She needs to go to a second location now with the money to pick up the girl. Oh, okay. And all these uh, goons from her bosses come because uh, Paul Giamatti sent them to try to bring her in because he does... I don't know. It was kind of unclear if he had an emotional connection to her or it was just, like, a responsibility. Um, I saw him. He had an emotional connection to her, but he was a business first person. Yeah. So that if makes she sense. was getting in the way of the business, he'd try and save her, but only to the extent that it wouldn't hurt the business. Yeah. So the first fight, and I think maybe part of why you like it, it's definitely part of why I liked it, was uh, Paul Giamatti sent them to bring her in, and he's like, don't kill her. I don't even want her severely injured. And they, like, tell her that. And she's like, oh, thanks. I'll try not to kill you, too. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, like, it's it's a very fun and, like, well-choreographed spy fight with a lot of, like, improvised weapons. Again, she uses the suitcase a lot, which I really like. Uh, I, this whole scene, I, when watching it, I was, like, the director or the writer, which is the same person. Yeah. Uh, sat down and thought, what is every possible way that mm-hmm. we can use a bowling alley and yeah. the suitcase to have a fight that doesn't have to kill people. Yeah. Like, and it just felt like that. Like she would bowl at one point to knock them unconscious. Mm-hmm. And like, she I really would use liked, the suitcase as like a shield and a sword. I really like, there was like a point where like one of them was like holding her down or something. And they like were holding the suitcase. And then the other guy was like swinging at her and she pulled the handle up to use the like poles of the handle as like a shield yes that part was really fun and then i think in like that same sequence she also like smashed it down to smash the guy's like hand like with the handle of the suitcase yes Uh, yeah i just thought it was so uh well thought out every time i was like that's someone who put a lot of effort into figuring out not just what she should fight but, like, how to use the environment she's in to fight. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing throughout the whole movie, so I won't go into it every time. But that's something I just saw the whole time. So she, uh, yeah, that was, it was a very fun and, like, well-choreographed fight. Again, in this, like, inherently fun set piece of, like, the bowling alley. Um, so she uh, wins the fight. She, like, successfully incapacitates them. Uh, fairly, like, moderately injures them. Like, they're not gonna die, but they're, like, not doing great. (laughs) So she has to, like, run now to the secondary location, because she had, like, a time limit, um, as well. So, you know, added stress. And then they, oh, yeah, and then they're in this, like, old video rental store to do the exchange, which I loved as well. The, I don't know if this is supposed to take place 
in the past or if it's just sort of like a re- like a futuristic retro future or current time that's like not really our time sort of thing i thought it was current time uh pat like current time with retro ideas yeah like brought in to yeah, modernize yeah. it's a very like it's a fun world they created um in any case so they're in like a yeah, like a movie rental place, which is always nice to see. And uh, Sam trades the money for the girl, which mm-hmm. I was like, that's very brave. And then after Sam makes sure the girl's okay, she goes to get the money back. Yeah. And they're kind of, the thieves are really dumb and they crash the car and the money explodes. Well, because one guy turns on them. It's like, you know, beginning of the Dark Knight. He's like shooting the other guys to try to take all the money for himself and what I really liked about this was Sam saw them fighting and just kind of stood back and watched it play out. <laughs> like, I really liked that she was like, okay, I'll just you guys kill each other, I guess. Um, Seems easier than having to do the work myself. Yeah, I thought that was, like, smart. And I, it seemed like the logical thing to do. So they're kind of, like, imploding it on themselves. But then, yeah, in, like, the tussle, one guy, like throws a grenade and ends up blowing up all the money which I didn't realize at first and I kind of question I don't like the money didn't look like it was on fire like I thought she kind of swears resignedly afterwards and I thought we were gonna have sort of like a slightly comedic scene of her having to pick up all the money so I didn't really understand at first like oh the money's gone I thought it was just like ugh, this is annoying not to pick up all the stupid money I think it would have been helpful if they had shown the money burning a bit more, which yeah. they didn't quite do. But I uh, I still got it after a little bit when they're like, the money's gone. And I'm like, okay, the money blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, now she is rescuing the girl. What is the girl's name? Oh, Emily. And this is again... Like, I don't know why this specific storyline is so popular lately. Like, freaking Deadpool 2, Birds of Prey, freaking others. <laughs> like, the, you know, sort of villain or anti-hero type character having to rescue a child and then, like, have the child around with them the whole movie. And that's, like, the motivation of the movie. I don't know why that's happening so much lately. Um, but normally I hate this plot line. Yeah, me too. I'm not a fan. It's a little, it's like, it's annoying most of the time. Cause they're yeah, like, normally they make the kid kind of annoying or like unlikable for some reason. And normally also they have, I feel like they're holding back on action scenes. Cause they're like, well, the kid's here. We don't want to get hurt. Yeah. So like the action hero can't go full out. But here that doesn't happen. Yeah. I didn't mind it here. As far as the storyline goes, like I didn't. It didn't even really click to me that it was that storyline happening again because it was done in a way that wasn't annoying, basically. Like, Emily, I liked Emily as a character, and then they also really smartly utilize her and make her an asset rather than, like, a detriment because uh, Karen Gillian brings her back to the hospital because she's hoping that her dad is alive still, but he's not. He's He's dead. Uh, so Emily obviously is very sad, uh, but the goons who she had beat up also went to the hospital and while they are there, they basically like get the kill order cause, uh, the money is gone. So now like Karen, Jillian is like responsible for the money. So now they want her dead and you know, it's a whole stupid thing. So they've been giving the go to like kill her now. And the doctor is like gonna help and his helping is he like, shoots her with these like I don't remember exactly what it is but it makes her like arms go limp so that she can't fight so that (laughs) is a really good one it leads us to like a pretty cool fight but it's a really good plot device to get us to need Emily and to need her with us you know yes it was a good way to make her useful Mm -hmm. and to like raise the stakes yeah so it was just a really funny idea like how to she going to fight without uh, arms that work? And I like, loved how they, they could have done this that. terribly by making her like, oh, I'm just really good with my feet. Yes. 
but they, no, they didn't. Were so they were smart. like, okay, she uh, she'll just have to like fling her arms in a way that she'll end up clicking the trigger with her numb arms. Kind of how I'm, what I'm realizing as we go over this is where the movie isn't super clever in the script. It is clever in the fight scenes, yes. which is interesting. Um, but yeah, how, cause, okay. So at first, cause, uh, Karen like knows that the, her arms are going numb and these guys are coming to try to kill her. So she's like getting Chloe to help her. And at first I thought it was going to be like one of those things where I don't know, like she tells Emily how to like fight them or like shoot them or something. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But actually, she gets Emily to, like, tape stuff to her hands, which I thought, okay, that's really smart. I like how they're doing that. And then what really blew me away was she got Emily to tape these, like, medical trays to the back of, a like, a spinny office chair so that she could use it as, like, a shield, basically. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was such a smart way to, like, deal with the situation. Um, yeah, I was, like, really into it when I saw the, like, shield chair thing. Yeah, I thought it was so uh, interesting when they did that scene. Like, they, uh, she just used every, again, it was using the environment so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then they, they successfully get out of the, oh my god, this scene! The fight scenes are really the highlight of this movie, which is fun. The, uh, so they escape the office but now they they need to drive and uh Sam's arms are still not working. And so again, I thought they were going to have Emily drive the car by herself. Uh but actually uh she sits in like Sam's lap. So Sam is doing the like brakes and the gas and then she's like telling Emily like what gear to put it in and like to steer and stuff. And I thought again, really smart way to like handle that situation where I feel like a lot of movies would kind of put just the kid in the driver's seat for like comedy or whatever Mm -hmm. no it could have been very annoying but because they shared it it worked so well yes also i just thought it was cool that most like action movies the cover the car would be like a manual just because real action stars drive manual Mm -hmm. but this movie her car was automatic which i'm like that's so much easier for emily thank you (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah (laughs) all she had to do was like put it from drive to reverse drive to reverse it was also really cute because they had this sort of like sort of like a heartwarming moment where like sam is just kind of trying to teach her how to drive you know and then uh these dudes come we don't even know who they are to try to kill sam and so now we're suddenly in like a car chase scenario and it was but just a good action scene. I don't have much to say about it, honestly. I did. The thing I have to say is they try to um, hide uh, at some point, which I thought was a cute, a, like an a interesting um, strategy. And it was really, there was like a really cute moment because the guys are like driving by trying to find them. And <laughs> Sam is like, hide, like, d- like, hide, like, don't like put your head down. And when, <laughs> when the kid puts her head down, she like bumps the horn, uh, telling them exactly where they were. And I just thought that that was really cute. And then they have to like get out of it differently. Yes, I thought that was funny. So now we know... Sam has lost all the protection from the firm because when she killed people at the start, uh, she killed another rival organization, the leader of that organization's son, and he's, like, really mad, and the firm's now mad at her for not giving them their money, so they said, we're not going to protect you anymore. Yeah, they call up that dude, and they're like, hey, we didn't tell her to kill your kid, sorry, here's her name, go kill her if you want. Yes, but Nathan does one last nice gesture in that he tells her where her, where she can get help. Yeah. And the help is her mother's address. So we meet the mom, and we're all excited. Lena Heaney! So, uh, Sam's kind of pissed at her mom, because the, the scene we opened with in the diner is the last time she saw her, which was 15 years. And this is one of those things that's, like, definitely deeper than this moment this movie really has time for because like Luna Heaty left because she like 
killed this guy, which made these people after her. So she felt like she had to leave her daughter because, you know, whole spy thing. Oh, target on my back. You're in danger. Blah, blah, blah. But that never, that doesn't come up again. So th- things seem chill for her now. And it's been 15 years. So it's like, it feels like you could have come back at some point if it's chill that we're hanging out now. But like, I don't know. Not that mm-hmm. big of a deal. Yes. It would be useful. I'm surprised when I first saw her. I'm like, wait, she was just there. Yeah, exactly. She's so close, too. Like, why couldn't she have just taken her daughter there? She didn't seem to have been constantly running. She seems to have been pretty established. Yeah, like maybe she was running for five years, but it's been 15, you know? So it's like there wasn't really an adequate like reason for why she was gone for so long. But... Uh, we're supposed to accept it was like to protect her yes i'll just trust that it was protector and i'll be like okay but yeah that's like another one of those things like it would be nice to have a tiny bit more backstory it would be nice to have a bit more explanation for why she was gone for so long but like the you know the movie is already like you gotta get over it (laughs) we are moving on so you kind of have to get on board or like you know Mm -hmm. again it's the if other movies, this wouldn't work, but because this movie makes it clear that this is just going to happen a few times because they have other things they have to get to, yeah, it seems not as bad. It's consistent with the the vibe of the movie. Um, so she's hang. They're hanging out at her mom's, and I don't know. Do we know how they found them? How they found. Uh, I think he got he gave them their address. Oh, I think that they told like they told them that's where she'll be, but that's he knew that that uh, where she would have the best chance. Mm. So yeah, so they're hanging out at her mom's for a while, and then um, the whole crew basically it's like so many henchmen just like show up to kill them. Um, so now we have like another cute escape scene um it was cute that the mom was like i don't have a secret escape plan okay fine here's my secret escape plan yeah um i like the stuff with the elevator about how they just go down to to the lobby and there's all those guys there and then like sam like throws her gun at one by accident because her arms are still kind of paralyzed and then they like shut the elevator doors to like get away i don't know it was a cute like silly little way to confuse the the group the mob of dudes you know yes and they escape through a washing machine which she like has a tunnel through again doesn't really make sense but it's like you know what if someone used the washing machine yeah like you, you just gotta you just gotta go with it uh it's like this tunnel that goes to like an empty like vacant thing which has another tunnel which goes to a freezer of a restaurant um again it's just it's very fantastical but like i'm on board with that that's fun um and they end up outside of the library so sam is like obviously your plan was to go to the library let's go in and uh scarlet is like oh no like i don't know they're so mad at me because she hasn't talked to them for 15 years for apparently no reason uh <laughs> anyway, they go in. Um and I also got I don't know. It, this is probably just me being a lesbian, but I also got Scarlet and Anime vibes because just like how Florence and and Madeline were like more emotionally connected to each other, Anime was the one who was the most upset about Scarlet for leaving. Yes, but I also I think you always look for lesbian in film a little more than <laughs> I do, I do, other people. True. Yeah. And this isn't like uh, Luca, where it was just so obvious if you couldn't see it, that was your own fault. Yeah. Uh, but this is uh, less that. No, but it's still. subtle. So yeah, they're kind of fighting for a while. But again, it's like this literal mob of goons are after us right now so they can only fight for so long because then all the dudes are there and they're like okay well we're mad at you but we're not gonna let you die um so then we have like probably our biggest fighting 
sequence, like set piece sort of thing. I really like the song choice of, um, oh, it was Janis Joplin's, uh, shoot, what is it? Janis Joplin, oh, I, I, I have it on one of my playlists. It's it's a very famous Janis Joplin song. Um, anyway, I thought that was a very fun song choice for this fight. This is the best action scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so grand. Yeah. And it's such a good use. And everyone has, like, a different way that they kill. Oh. Like, uh, Sam oh, has traditional guns and whatever weapon she can find. Mm-hmm. But the mom, like, has knife guns. Yeah. So she can, like, shoot people and stab them at the same time. Yeah. Which sounds like something that a ten-year-old would create. <laughs> but it works so well. Yeah. So um, I was, like, in love with that. The, uh, a part that pissed me off, though, is because... Um, so everyone decides that they're going to fight, except Madeline has Emily in their, like, secret bunker basement to keep her protected. But then the bad guys find their secret bunker basement because the door is just open? And I'm like... Well, I don't think the door is all that secret. Yeah, but w- it-, it wasn't even locked. Like, hello? Why wasn't there, one, a lock, two, like, a barricade? Like, this was, like... I, I just... Well, they would have... I think that they would have had to, once they killed everyone, quickly get to the van at some point. I still so, don't think it is smart to not have it locked at all. I disagree that this was a significant issue. What? How? I they Madeline's job was to protect Emily in the basement. Like, they were all supposed to, like, hide there. I I that really bothered me because Madeline dies so like anyway they made it so obvious I didn't like that <laughs> um but yeah everyone's fighting it's a big fight scene there's not like that much to talk about except it's a good fight scene um but Madeline ends up uh getting shot and um the one dude who's kind of like head goon you know there's always like a head guy the goons in these movies he um takes emily hostage again poor emily just getting taken hostage all the time um and then we have like a a bit of a funeral for madeline um which was very sad madeline was my favorite of the like library ladies so i was she was my least favorite (laughs) okay like i don't know she was just very generic to me but i was still sad she died she was just like the least of the three great action ladies. I just really like Carla Gugino, so... Who, whose name I don't know or can't say right. Um, what is she in? Everyone seems to know her but me. She's in Spy Kids. She's in Haunting of Hill House. Um, uh, okay, that makes sense then. She's in lots of stuff. Where are we? Oh yeah, the funeral. Okay, and then this... I was... <sighs> very annoyed... I was very annoyed with the with the conclusion of this movie. So, um Sam gets like a call from the dude and they're like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Basically like they want the 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 head mob dude wants to kill her because she killed his son. Um and they'll give her Emily back if she submits herself for killing basically. Yeah. Uh so she's like, "Okay, go to the diner i'll come just let emily go and um and then she goes and everyone's sad because she's like gonna die oh yeah her mom's like you can't just like go be murdered and she's like okay well what else am i gonna do and she's like i don't know (laughs) and i love how the mom's like i have a great plan and her great plan is you know the room that no one's allowed to have guns in what if we bring guns in exactly that's what fucking pissed me off so like okay like, I really, I really, I just needed a more clever way to get out of this. So they, um, they go there, uh, Sam and, like, the head mob, mob boss dude, they have a decent conversation. I kind of liked it, because she was, like, it was a very, like, civil conversation, even though he was talking about torturing her and murdering her. He's like, look, I really loved my son, and you murdered him, and I know that wasn't like your call but i'm still very upset with you for murdering my kid and she's like i'm sorry for murdering your kid and he's like thank you okay now off to murder you um 
is an interesting vibe of conversation. So I like that. Now, to get her out of it, her mom and the two other library ladies who are left are dressed in the, like, cafe uniforms and have guns. And then they just kill everyone who has no guns because they went to a place where they take away your guns. And I'm like, this is, like, unsportsmanship. Like, like this is bad sportsmanship. Like, I mean... The other side wasn't being like all friendly and nice fair either. They were they broke they went back on their deal to be nice to Emily. That's true. That's true. They were gonna make Emily watch Sam get murdered before they let her go. And you're right. That was fucked up. But I just still it's just it's not a very clever it, I would have liked it a little more, but again, I as I keep saying, I think it goes back to we don't have a very deep reason. We just wanted to get to a fight scene. Yeah. I and just, a deep reason would have taken more time. I have, I, I, I just, I, I really, I really, I don't know. I can't, I can't get over that being the solution to the whole movie too. Like if it was like a mid problem maybe, but like, it just seems rude. Like it's so rude, and it's like they can't even properly defend themselves. Like it's just I don't know. It's fucked up. I don't like it. You're being way too nice to the people that tried to murder everyone. Okay, but they also were only trying to murder everyone because Sam murdered them. So well, it's like they were Sam only murdered them because they tried to murder Sam. Yeah, because she was somewhere murdering people where she wasn't supposed to be. So, like, I'm just saying, it's not like they have I think an... we can go back and forth with this all night. But anyway, I had no problem with I'm just saying, it's not like they... I thought they... it was a fun little fight scene. It's it was not a little like they had an climax, un- but it was reasonable. Fun. It's not like they had an unreasonable motive. Like, in another movie, they could have been the protagonists. No, I disagree. Yeah, they could have. No, they couldn't have. They were pretty evil. No, they weren't. They were pretty evil. I don't think they were more evil than our protagonists. They wanted to torture Sam in front of a child. Yeah, that's messed up. That's true. Like, they just said that. And they're like, okay, we're going to start torturing you now. And then the heroes come out. And they're like, not today. Okay, but keep in mind, our heroes are assassins who kill people all the time. But they kill them for other people. (laughs) No one's good in this movie, but I stand by the fact that the evil guy was worse than Sam. Yes. I didn't want Sam to die. I just thought that this was a fucked up way of resolving that situation. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I would, it in real life, you know, if I was in that position, I wouldn't be like, you know what, I'm just gonna be tortured and die, because I don't want to be rude. <laughs> but for the res- resolution of the movie, I would have liked something better. It would have been nice, but it was what it was, I thought. Anyway. Uh, after this scene, uh, Sam apologizes to Emily for, like, killing her father. And Emily's like, you know what? Whatever. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It's like an apology. And it was a good one. But I, it was nice in the sense that it wasn't like, oh, no worries. I'm glad he's gone. She was yeah. still sad. But, yeah. like, well, she was nice to her after, at least. As Am- Emily and Sam have been, like, bonding, Emily started calling herself Sam's apprentice, which was very cute. But it's also kind of, it's, I don't know, it's, it's it's inherently sad because it's, like, not a good place for kids. But in the sort of world we're in in the film, kind of like, kind of like Zombielands, kind of like that sort of scenario, it's, like, it's clear that Emily's sort of being inherited into this sort of assassin family. Yeah. Uh, due to where her life circumstances have, like, put her. Yes. Uh, it was, like, bad. So she's, like, she's being adopted by all of them, basically. Which is is sweet. Mm -hmm. And I liked the parallel that, like, Sam's not gonna leave Emily the way that uh, Scarlet left Sam. Mm -hmm. Like, they made it clear that that was kind of what was gonna happen. Like, they were doing, that was the connection I saw. And I was like, they're doing, trying to say it's different. Yeah. Which was cool. And then Emily goes to Nathan House in disguise and Sam basically threatens him and is like, hey, if you uh, try to kill us again, we'll kill you all. 
Mm-hmm. You know we can now. And then they hit the road, and they drive off to the sunset together. Yeah. And that was the end. Yeah, very much like a fun popcorn movie. You know, like John Wick, it's like very inherently a spy action movie. And that's like what you're getting when you go in, which isn't a bad thing at all. But yeah, my main two issues are the ending resolution and Karen Jillian. I just like couldn't get into it as much as I wanted to because I, 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 uh, I wanted to buy her character so bad, but I, I couldn't. I liked her. I don't have anything to say. I just thought she did a good job. I just thought it was a great action film. It had uh, fun uses of everything. I like this John Wick style of action. Mm -hmm. And I like that it's become a thing now. So I hope we keep seeing more of them. Yeah. I I like films that, like, don't take themselves quite as seriously. And are like, you know what? This is for fun. <laughs> yes. So uh, thank you for watching this episode at Friends at Film Camp. We'll see you next time by the campfire. Bye.